Welcome to the bonfire. Exploring magic with two modern witches. I'm Corey. And I'm Detta. Hello, everybody. Howdy, howdy. Welcome back. We're here. We're here. We're doing it. Yeah, we are. The thing is happening. Yeah. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. It is called a podcast. Um. <laughs> the podcast of two modern witches. And I'm making noise already. Uh-oh. I know. That's fine. <laughs> Did you have any babble? Um... I mean, nothing really, just that I'm really excited. My brother's playtesting a D&D campaign, and he wrote it himself, and it's just really fun, and he's really cool, and I had a good time hanging out with them yesterday. Corey, will you teach me how to play D&D? I won't be a great teacher, but I can include you on some lunch shots or something. I have watched some of, Friday just started, they just did their very first, Friday afternoon tea, uh-huh. um, just did their very first campaign on Twitch. Cool. And then put it on YouTube. And so I really, I don't remember how to play it anymore, I don't think. Well, and it's changed so much. Yeah. I mean, some things haven't changed at all, but like. It's gone through so many different editions. Like when we were talking to Mortellus and they were like, I don't like the fifth edition. I prefer 3.5 or like some people prefer, you know, second edition. I like fifth edition. Do you? I think it's fun, but I don't have a ton of meow. I don't have a ton of comparison because uh, I didn't start really playing d and until I was in my 30s. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, and I haven't played it since I was in my early 20s. Yeah. And I'm older now. But it's very yeah. fun. It's very fun. So I just want to welcome our third member of the podcast. Yeah, she's I, not happy yeah. to be outside this office. I, I think I think this is just going to have to be a thing because I tried to lock her outside the big room, which I'm in, <laughs> and Corey's in the studio, and she was laying in the studio, which she shouldn't be because she's a cat and she has fur. <laughs> And there's a microphone in there that she shouldn't be around. But she likes to go in there and sleep all the time if I leave it open. But uh, she also just likes to be in this room. Anyway. She wants to be heard. She has things uh, she to say. Does. She does have things to say. So maybe we'll give her, you know, maybe we'll interview her at some point and then just, you know, just know that she's going to chime in is every once in Khaleesi a while. Is out there? Yeah, it is. Yeah, she needs yeah. to be, she needs to be the center of attention. Yeah, she is pretty, she's pretty out there. I get it. Um. Well, I yeah. do have something to share with you. Hit me. So did you watch Mayor? You no, know, I asked you this yesterday. Mayor I, of Easttown. I haven't yet, but I want to because I love Kate Winslet very much. There, I love her. And also, Jean is amazing. Why am I blanking on her name? I know her so well. What else has she played? Oh, my gosh. Designing Women. I, I did a whole post about her. I know her really well. Um, Jean Smart. Holy oh, okay. crap, Olia. Where did uh, my brain fart? There's a young woman in there, uh, one of the actresses, who happens to be the lead in the craft, Legacy. Oh, the new one? Yes. And I finally, Corey, last night. Did you watch it? I broke down and watched it. What? <sighs> I have such mixed feelings about it. Okay. I, that sounds right. <laughs> uh, they, like took the metaphorical hammer from underneath the chair and beat you over the head with it cool. as far as male and female stuff 
and hierarchy and the patriarchy and all that good kind of stuff. There were some there was some good stuff in it. It got a little bit cheesy, which in my opinion, the original craft, I don't think ever did. I don't think the first one got cheesy. I mean, yeah. it had the 90, it had like a very, it was very a product of the 90s. Oh, yeah. And everything about it is a perfect time capsule of what the 90s looked like, yeah. at least in California. And who is that wonderful one for, for Duke? Veruza Balk? Veruza Balk. Yeah. 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 And I, I'm not spoiling anything by saying because it's so out there everywhere every time you just like google the craft legacy like one of the first thing that comes up is that she has a cameo oh yay. yeah I like I, that. yeah and i won't say what it's about or anything because that would be a spoiler i wonder how she's doing hey for a bulk if you happen to listen to this how you doing how are you doing because you're pretty awesome yeah, you're right and we care about you ah uh, wow i just yeah i i i, I don't know i kind of they left something open for a sequel. Of course to this they did. One, and I want it. All right. I mean, I didn't fall madly in love with this film, but there were some good acting, some obvious choices writing wise. I mean, <laughs> just such obvious, obvious choices. A little I'll bit. give it a I'll watch it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I give it like a B minus. That's a better endorsement than I was expecting. So oh, I'll yeah, give it a too. watch. I'll give it a watch. Me too. I'll and, report back. Yeah. So that, that was all my babble. OK. Should we tell people what we're talking about today? Nah, I guess so. I guess yeah. so. I mean, they probably saw it yeah. on the when they press play, but uh, we're talking about the uh, the Key of Solomon today, which is a magical grimoire of sigils and rituals for summoning and mm-hmm. mastering spirits. And actually, maybe they didn't see it when they press play because I want to talk to you about whether we should call this old time religion or not. Because I'm going to take us down a rabbit hole after we talk about. The Key of Solomon. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. Yeah. TBD. Yeah, I know. I'm really excited about all this. Yeah. I'm very excited. Let's do it. Okay. Welcome to the library. We're in the library. So I, full, I have my drink. Yeah. Full disclosure, I'm drinking coffee. We're drinking coffee yeah. today. Totally drinking coffee. So much coffee. Um, This week... Detta is doing the heavy lifting. Um, I am coming in hot with uh, basic definitions and some dates and some fun facts. But Detta's doing, she's super jazzed on this topic and has a lot of knowledge. So like. Oh, 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 pumping me up too much. Get ready I, for I have it. some knowledge. I have some knowledge. She knows. <laughs> here, tell you what. She knows a butt ton more than I do. I <laughs> Maybe not anymore. I don't. I, I don't I know. Guarantee it. No. But um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, what do you have for us, Corey? What research? Oh, okay. Did you find? So, I have one resource that I'm not going to say because okay. it will give away the fun facts, which <gasps> are a surprise. Oh my god! And I'm going to tell you, it's been a while since we've gone there, but I did look at Wikipedia, mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> Okay, tell me why. The reason I looked at Wikipedia was because aside from the information that you had previously sent me, Dada had sent me some PDFs that she found on JSTOR and stuff that I could look at. Um, And aside from that, it is incredibly difficult to find information about what the Key of Solomon is. And what you find instead is just copies of publications of it. Right? Right. So... It's a little tricky. So we're going to do a little bit of a Wikipedia info dump. Um, <laughs> and then we're just going to kind of talk about what it is. And I'm really excited because 
for the first time in a long time, I learned a new word. Did you? What? I've been dying. You told me this yesterday and I've been dying to know. What is the new word? I'm going to tell you the word and then I'm going to tell you why it came up. The word is pseudo-epigraphical. I wondered if that was it. The word pseudo-epigraphical means falsely attributed works or texts whose claimed author is not the true author or a work where the real author attributed to a figure of the past. So I like to call that like it's a ghost writer. And we don't know who the ghost writer is. (laughs) I think what's important to note about the pseudo epigraphical aspect of this is it means that so the title of this this publication is the key of solomon so you're led to believe that it was written by the king king solomon king solomon yeah right of the bible yeah the wise one who we don't have time to get into <laughs> the accuracy of biblical text <laughs> well that's a different episode or maybe a different podcast we just don't have the time today but basically it's a book that has been dated back to the 14th or 15th century Right. And it is one of many texts that were spell books or grimoires that have been attributed right. to King Solomon. Which, by the way, written in the 14th century right there, King Solomon lived a lot. He lived in biblical th- times. Yeah. If he he yes. lived in biblical times. Yeah. <laughs> Again, we're not doing that. But it was a book that was deeply, heavily influenced by Jewish Kabbalists mm-hmm. and Arab magicians. Yes. So basically what it is, fam is it is a spell book, a grimoire, a instruction manual for all manner of magical workings. It is a wild read. <laughs> and you can find many different translations of mm-hmm. it. You can. Not unlike the Bible itself. There are several translations. And it is, it's a tricky text at least what I found, because a lot of the translations contradict each other in, in certain ways um, or like say this is true and that's not. And then the other one says, no, this is true and that's not. Or uh, the people who were in charge of the translations write forwards or introductions that mm-hmm. make you go, um, <laughs> hmm. And these are translations because yeah. there there are only two physical copies of it, and I don't know where the second one is, but the first one's in the British Museum. Yeah, and it's in Latin, I believe. Or uh, yes, yeah. So so we're all fine. what we are reading, mm-hmm. or at least what I'm reading, is an English translation, and most of those Not are also the Bible. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And one of the things that the translation I read is, and I will put that link in. Mm-hmm. In the show notes, he talks about how screwed up some of the Hebrew words are in mm. the, and it's really hard to translate them. And he's very upfront about that. Yeah. And, yeah. Translating is a tricky business mm-hmm. because there are, for example, some words. I was literally just having this conversation about anime with my sister-in-law mm-hmm. today. Uh, there are just some words in that language that we do not have in English. Yeah. That for concepts that we don't have words for. Yeah. So we were talking about the English dub of of Japanese anime (laughs) and how I don't enjoy English dubs for that reason. (laughs) Wow. So you'd rather read it. I'd rather read it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why it's so frustrating to me that the anime that I want to watch is only an English dub right now on Crunchyroll. Get it together, Crunchyroll. (laughs) Don't come at me, Crunchyroll. (laughs) Please. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so there are 
lots of translations and some of them are like really scholarly and fairly unbiased and some of them are written by people who have some kind of agenda yeah mine's really scholarly Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. so that's the one i'll be passing on to you all yeah and as with all things we recently had a conversation with somebody i'm not going to say who about um being mindful of the things that you take in on Instagram, we had that conversation. Oh, right. Um, and and like I said to that person, you know, just can continue to be mindful. Yeah. And look at it objectively, not as yeah. the be all end all. Exactly. And then you will only assimilate the things that that are feel good yeah. and right to you. And same here. We're I I continue. I consider myself a learner. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a. I think I do have a lot of knowledge, but like this person that reached out, I had not heard of this particular author. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how have I not heard of this person? Neither of us had, and, but and, apparently they're a very big name. And so we were just, we were talking about, yeah. uh, we were talking about validity and is this person a responsible, reliable resource yeah. and things like that. And, and what I said basically was just keep an eye out and you're already doing the thing yeah. right, you know? And here's what's great about the Key of Solomon. It's really easy to do that with. It's really easy to find a scholarly, mm-hmm. uh, as close to the original source as you can. You can find full PDF yeah. files just free for download. And I'll talk to you about all the problems I have with it once we're out at the bonfire. I can't wait. <laughs> um, that's all the like basic. Is that it? That's all the basic. Like, uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other f- f- actual facts you need to know about it. There is a lesser king. Oh, yes. There oh, are other texts. There's yeah. the lesser key of Solomon. And then there was another one that I forgot to write down the name of. Hold on. I'm going to find it. I put it in my sticky notes. Okay. So there's a Greek manuscript manuscript referred to as the Magical Treaties of Solomon. Mm. And then the other text called the Clavicula, mm-hmm. which I'm sure I'm saying wrong. So sorry. <laughs> You can also, you can find those online as well. I'll put links to those. Yeah. And he's also attributed to, to these black magic spells. Yeah. And these books have just like, I don't know how he, got, I don't know how people attributed this to him, but they did. And I have one of them, one of the, and it is it's so interesting too, because it's old English and probably translated again from Latin or Hebrew. And so some of the language is really archaic and hard to wrap your brain around. But some of the shit that they do in this spell book, it's gross. It's gross. <laughs> and it involves bodily I can't wait to look at fluids it. Fluids and stuff like it's just really Then I promised I could look at it yeah, when I came yeah. over today. It's upstairs. I'll make sure and give it to you before okay. you leave. So anyway. Anyway. So he's attributed to a lot of those. And and again so I have that book. Do I have ever any intention of doing black magic? No, mm-hmm. absolutely not. But was I curious as hell? Yeah. So yeah. so I ordered it and and read it and laughed. So, <laughs> <laughs> and then went, oh, should I be laughing? I mean, it's always okay, I think, to laugh at the oh. ridiculous. Oh, it's just. But what's so sad about it is that. You know somebody did this shit. Oh, 100%. You know they did. Somebody pulled it out and was like, yes, this is what I will use to smite my enemies. Yeah, and some of it was killing and sacrificing children. and. Oofta. I mean, it's just really gross. Which to me, that gives me the um, immediate bat, like my spidey sense Mm -hmm. is like, oh, was this created in some kind of way to... uh, 
propagandize against yes. witchcraft. Yes. Because that did happen quite a lot. We've talked oh, about yeah, that on the did. podcast many times because nothing gets my hackles up like the Inquisition. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. And we're seeing it happen in real time oh, right now. Oh, my goodness. The propaganda that in order to turn people again, it's happening to Sean King right now who is a real leader in the Black Lives Matter movement. And I, yeah, we see it. It, I was like, why do I know that name? That's why. (laughs) So, yeah. Other, any, so do you want to go to your fun facts? I'm dying of curiosity. So the fun facts are definitely going to bring some levity to this. So I want to save them for the very end. Oh, oh, the end of the episode. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, let's head out to the bonfire. You have to hold on. (laughs) Hold on. Okay. (laughs) All right, here we are at the bonfire. Yeah, and I want to go back to what you said about the fact that the Key of Solomon is based on Jewish Kabbalism and Arab magicians, which is very, very fun, and snakes. (laughs) I I wrote that in my thing. No, it's not really based on snakes, but there are snakes involved in this, and a lot of the... Why can I never pronounce this name? The the snake eating its tail, Aurora... Ouroboros. Ouroboros. That shows up. And there are tons of symbols that show up in that. And there's another text that has one of the charts has all the angels names. And so let's talk about what is actually in the Key of Solomon. Mm -hmm. Again, easy read. What is in the Key of Solomon is all of what we think of right now as our modern magic based on all the astrology the correspondences to Sagittarius and Aries and Aquarius to the planets the angels that live among those planets that uh, talk to the magician themselves and the key of Solomon I mean (laughs) they talk about the fact that this is all for the glory of the Lord yeah but they're using all of this stuff that witches pagans people they were burning Mm -hmm. you know and again remember christianity even was anti-jewish yeah and there were jewish people that weren't allowed to go certain places and people that practice the cabal a lot of the elements of the cabal jewish people were then banned from other Jewish people in, uh, in synagogues. And I mean, it was a sect within a sect. So I want to mention that, that when you read this, it'll say for the glory of God, we do this for the glory of God. Yeah. And then you'll read all this stuff that you'll go, um, wait a minute, we're going to do this spell for that prod- manifestation on this day when that planet's in this. That sounds awful lot like witchcraft. Yeah. And I think, I think um, something that really struck me was... It was a perfectly contained example of the church deciding what mm-hmm. um, pagan is, what witchcraft is yeah. on the fly so that they, so that the church, and I say the church as like capital C, the church, like the big Holy Roman Empire church, yeah. um, so they could decide what um, power they wanted to have mm-hmm. and decide that everything else was evil. And here's the next thing that pisses me off Uh-oh. about it. <laughs> oh, folks. Based on Jewish Kabbalism, Jewish is matriarchal. Oh, get me started, Dada. <laughs> get me started. The key of Solomon is all about from father to son. I'm going to hand the keys from father to son in order to keep this holy and protected. And this is where, so interesting that we talked 
Corey and I had talked this morning. This is where the secrecy <laughs> comes in about we can only give this knowledge to certain people. Yeah. I have and I have issues about that. Men. I have and, issues about that especially. Yeah. And 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 they all are Christian men and it's all for the glory but of really God. What it is 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 it's about creating your own reality. It is about shaping your own reality. So now we go down the rabbit hole, everybody. Yeah. You cannot, in my opinion, talk about the Key of Solomon without talking about uh, uh, Jewish Kabbalism, Jewish mysticism, the Hermetics, and the three occult books. I we won't have time for a deep dive into all of those, but I'm gonna give I'm gonna give everybody links in the show notes. I feel so like there's probably like full college courses oh. about this. Oh, I'm sure there are. Yeah. Like for uh, like I want to teach them. Yeah. And for example, I want to teach them and talk about them on Patreon. Oh hey! So when when our, our Patreon goes up, this is absolutely I want to do a couple of classes on this. Like I don't have a PhD in this, but I've done a ton of reading on it for years. I think I first discovered this in the Key of Solomon in two thousand and eight. I tried to find my journals that talked about it, and that's the furthest back I I got. But I I had I was my writing about it was like I'd already been studying it for a while, so I don't. I don't remember exactly when it but came. But a long into, time. Yeah. It's been a while that I've been looking at this. If you go to the cabal and Jewish mysticism, there are three tenets. The cabal was a received tradition. They used it or adapted it. They felt like it was mysticism that was passed down from generation to generation. They weren't creating it. For example, practical magic. It was practical. And you can go in and find the definition of what they mean by that. And what they mean is that they are trying to shape the heavens. So that phrase, as above, so below, mm. that below can affect above just as much as above can affect below. And that's going to take us to hermeticism in just a minute. Oh, my notes are all over the place. Things I wanted to talk about. Theurgy was one of them. It's Greek. I hope I pronounce it right. Do you know that word? Mm -mm. It's where rituals and magic are intended to call or invoke different desires, in my opinion, it's a lot of what we consider modern witchcraft. They, different than modern witchcraft, they have a desire to become one okay. with the deities. So that's what the practical magic is. Meditation and ecstatic and Theosophical and theosophical, theosophical and speculative because my syllabuses always go in the wrong place. So those are the three tenets of Kabbalism and we won't get into them, but that's a place to start and you can start to look that up. And then there is the non-Jewish Hermetic Kabbalah, which is different. And it's spelled two different ways, Q-U-A-B-A-L-A-H, but also with a K, K-Y. And that's where you're going to mostly find it. You can find it on YouTube and you can find it on the Internet and you can find it in PDFs and you can buy people's translations again with four words. That it comes back from Hermes <laughs> back in ancient Egypt, who was a man and a lot of different, a lot of different text cite Hermes and cite him for over 300 years and supposedly he lived for 300 years and he had those secrets until he decided it was time to go. He was revered as a prophet and a wise person and then eventually as a god because he lived so long. He created this system, these seven hermetic tenets. They have now been proven scientifically, many of them. Huh. It's 
you should read all seven of them. But the one that when I first read it, I was like, really, we're going there. The seventh one is about gender, that all things have gender. And I was like, what? But when you read it, it's about the fact that we as humans in each of our bodies all have each gender, masculine and feminine within us, and that there is a spectrum. Oh, wow. Hmm. Does that sound familiar? And, <laughs> and there and there's some other great things about hermeticism, but science of mind has taken on some of those tenets. Spell work, absolutely. When we talk about manifestation, uh, has a lot of those tenets that we use within spell work and manifestation. It's a fascinating, wonderful rabbit hole. And then the last one that then the hermetics, studying the hermetics will take you to, is the three books of the occult. And then you have the Occult Philosophy, written by Henry Cornelius Agrippa of Nettisham. And it's book one of Natural Magic you can find online. And I think you can probably find book two and three, but you can absolutely buy it from Llewellyn. They publish it. Also, another fascinating read and where a lot of our modern day magic comes from. And you'll read it and go, oh, that's really familiar. And huh. it's it's very old. It's before Wicca. It's before, you know, that 1930s neo-pagan movement. This has been going on a very, very long time, which now brings me to the thing that pisses me off. Uh-oh. <laughs> Even Hermes. You know, this and maybe and maybe Hermes is really separate and all of those tenets are really separate. But when you talk about Jewish Kabbalism and you talk about what we now call witchcraft, what you're talking about is women who had created these systems and knew about herbs and figured out the science of things and then were persecuted for centuries yeah. for this and were taken over by the patriarch. And that just chaps me. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what I have to say about that, Corey. History paved with the bodies of women who had the audacity to be smart. I know. I know. Um, and then had their intellectual property taken yep. and redressed and repackaged and rebranded and sold as something else. Yeah. yeah. And same thing with the Jewish people. Yeah. Like, like other people took this from Jewish people. And made it their own. Yeah. And so, so it's a, it's a rich history. It's a complicated history. Definitely. It is definitely modern witches history. Yeah, definitely. Okay. That's what I have to say. My brain is full of things that I know I will eventually have to go look at and end up with like 9 million tabs open because like I'll go to one book that references another book that references another book that comes from another book. Um, but I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> Well, and that's absolutely what I did Yeah, when I first discovered all this. And I have access to, like, the Cambridge and JSTOR mm -hmm. and all that good kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, definitely. So it, it was really fun to be able to go down this rabbit hole. And th But those are my key takeaways. So hopefully those were really clear that it is definitely the foundation for modern witchcraft. Yeah, definitely. It's old magic. It's science. In one point in... The Keys of Solomon, it actually has magic and science in the same sentence. That that happens over and over again. And that now it's really readily available. It's everywhere. Yeah. You, you're going to find, if you Google, if you Google the Key of Solomon, yeah. you're going to come up with one Wikipedia article, perhaps the second one about the Lesser Key of Solomon. Yeah. And then you're going to find publishers, <sighs> publishers selling oh. copies or... 
uh, sites that have PDFs or mm-hmm. like you it's it was so YouTube channels dedicated to it. It was so difficult to find something that was just this is what the key of Solomon's about instead of like all I did actually find was here is a copy of the key of Solomon. Yeah. Which is like, hooray. Mm-hmm. We love this, but also like I, <laughs> I want to know what other people have to say about it, um, because I think that that's valuable. <laughs> yeah, I think it's valuable too. So, but I think, I think what we're seeing though is a lot of people are talking about it. Mm-hmm. They're just not referencing it. Mm. And that's actually a great fine. segue. Yeah, yeah. Go for, for it. For my fun facts. Oh, please go to fun facts. Okay. So one of my ref, res, my, uh, my what's the word resources? Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of my resources was the Supernatural Wiki. <gasps> what? Because the I... Key of Solomon yes is referenced or used in Supernatural in four different episodes. Yes, it is. And those episodes are. Episodes, uh, sorry, season one, episode two, Devil's Trap. The Devil's Trap that everyone knows from that show, that's from the Key of Solomon. And what is the Devil's Trap, Corey, in case people haven't oh, seen it? it's basically like a big circle you draw on the ground that has a bunch of symbols and stuff in it yes. and geometry. And yes. um, they use it to trap a demon. And it is in the season two, episode 14, Born Under a Bad Sign. It is in season five, episode two, Good God, Y'all, <laughs> and season six, episode 20, The Man Who Would Be King. Now, in Supernatural, it is taken for granted like as a fact that it is truly a book written by the king, King Solomon. And you can find these pictures online, too. Yeah. That I did have that in my notes. I went, hmm, reminds me of Supernatural. Yeah. <laughs> it, um, it should, because they've used it. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's a number of things about Supernatural where they were like, I don't know, Google it. And that's how they got their, yeah. quote, unquote, occult aesthetics. Yeah. I believe that the angel banishing spell is one of the ones that's it is. used. And um, that's that's the thing about the Key of Solomon. It will have it has spells in it to talk to deity. Yeah. To talk to angels. angels. <laughs> yeah. And um, they're deity. Mm-hmm. Anyway. But uh, that is how recognizable as witchcraft yep this stuff is it is in a show on the c freaking w if i may say i hate the way supernatural deals with witches but that's just me started we're gonna talk about that we're gonna talk about that in our witches and media series (gasps) i'm so excited yeah i see ruthie connell every morning well not every morning but a lot of mornings she visits uh i'm really hoping she gets our message oh maybe one day she she visits the tarot ladies you should say hi to her one morning i say hi to her every morning okay (laughs) she's not said hi back well she probably gets a lot of people saying hi and they get lost she does yeah i'm sure she does yes and i had written that down there is one more thing yeah if you're willing to go down this rabbit hole with me sure that i'd love to chat about where do i have to be you know so one of the things about jewish cabalism (laughs) okay is prophecy i'm nervous and there's all this great stuff out there right now. Matt Orr's book, Psychic Witch, lots of other stuff about prophecy. I mean, that's been going on for a long time, prophecy and uh, telepathic communication. There are books in the Bible about prophecy, specifically Daniel, Judges, 
Samuel, Ezekiel, Kings, Joshua, Joseph, has prophecy. I, Isaiah. There are 12 minor prophets. There's all these prophecies. And I am going to jump back to practical magic for just a moment and mention one of the things that happens in the prequel to the prequel. Our lead character, Maria, sees she sees the future. She sees something in the future and she interprets it. But she does so in a way that she wants to see it rather than looking at it objectively. I won't say it ruins her life, but it leads her down a pretty fucked up path. Oh, dear. It's a painful book to read, but real and authentic. Can I borrow it? Yeah, you can. It's in the other room. It there's some there's just some painful, painful stuff in it. It's so well written. Alice Hoffman, I love you. I want I hope she comes on the show someday. Prophecies are so tricky. And we've seen it in Greek tragedies as well with we've Oedipus. Seen it in Caesar. Yeah. Everywhere, right? There is right now, if you're looking at the prophecies of the Bible, a lot of people right now are using them in order to destroy the planet and to justify their greed, to justify all these things. And when I was revisiting the Hermetics, I went back to one of my one of my favorite uh, YouTube readings of the Hermetic book. And I like what she says about it, uh, her commentary and her forewords. And I also she's she's pretty neutral voice. I don't usually like that, but I like her for some reason. And it led me the very next thing that came after that was this prophecy from this church that I will not mention him talking about the end of days and the rapture. And I used to be into all this, y'all. I grew up with it, shoved down my throat and really all that supernatural mysticism of Christianity and the end of days and the rapture. And you know what? You can interpret the end of days like over the last 2000 years, like since Jesus supposedly walked on this. And I do believe Jesus was a person. I don't think he was a compilation of people. And I do believe he was a dude and he had good things to say. Anyway, I just I listened to it. I let myself listen to it for a while to this sermon that came on afterwards. And he was charismatic and seemed really, you know, like this peaceful, loving guy. The justification for not giving a shit about the planet and, and and about the end of days. And he was more balanced than most people that I've heard because... Well, cult leaders need to be charismatic. Yeah. I I, I mean, and he, w- he at least was like, we're going to suffer. We're n- But the signs are here. And I know people will say that they've been here for thousands of years. I was like, yep, because they have been, you know, and but this is different. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is why realities are so challenging and one of the things about our world in my opinion is that we do have the power to create reality yeah we don't always get it right but but that's what that's what like we're supposed to do yeah and we have the power to influence change for others for ourselves for the planet and the universe and the multiverse and i'm not a all positive vibes, only positive vibes, gal. I believe in embracing and learning to understand and not to fear the dark. But I also believe that it's my job to do my part in suffering, 
to work for equity for all, honor the planet, show gratitude for the beauty Gaia provides for us, and that everyone has the right to have joy and abundance in their life. That is one of the things that witchcraft is about, and just one of the many things that it's about, and the study of the craft is about, and Key of Solomon and Hermetics teach us. At least that's one of the things that witchcraft is for me. It might not be that for everybody who practices witchcraft and calls himself a witch. But that's one of the things that the Hermetics talk about is that power of transformation and creating your own reality. And they address polarity and finding the balance of polarity. The idea... Okay. I'm going to say something to that point. Whether you believe in the rapture or not, it's a very triggering subject for me because of my upbringing, but, um, which wasn't even that bad. But looking back, I'm like, oh... All of this insidious stuff was put into my brain from a very young age. Oh, yeah, age. me too. And, I was obsessed um, with revelations growing up. Get me started. Obsessed. But I saw the movie Left Behind at a very formative year Ooh. of my life. And thanks a lot, Kirk Cameron. Uh, anyway, <laughs> but what I will say is that the idea that party hard don't give a crap about the planet because we're all going to be taken up to yeah. heaven before it gets too bad anyway, and the people left behind deserve to suffer. Yeah. That I am like, I am really sad for that kind of thought process I am too. like i'm so sorry that that is how i don't that is like i'm so sorry that must suck i i know <laughs> i have a hard time believing a deity who's all about love which is why we have the new testament jesus came down whatever if you if you follow that if that's your pantheon oh yeah old testament god's a real uh whoof. yeah but new testament god's Woof. a god of love right who I don't believe, would inflict that on the ones he loved, no matter what. My Jehovah's more of a the shack kind of God. Yeah. That's just my opinion. And I know a lot of people who disagree with me. <laughs> and as, as a person who thinks the Bible is just a really long fan fiction about some guy... <laughs> You know, I have never heard that before. Yeah. That is fan fiction. A hundred percent. Canon Jesus is way cooler than fan in Jesus. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, I love the Jesus. It's like Aww. hanging out with sex workers and flipping tables and yeah. telling people to pluck their own eyes out. I like that guy. Yeah. He's pretty cool. That guy's right. I like him. I'm going to say right now, we're going to do another episode on the Hermetics. Cool. We'll but talk I about want, the Hermetics? Yeah. But I want Corey to read them first. Uh, one of the things, teachers giving me homework. I know I totally am, and I'm giving you all homework. One of the things about <laughs> hermetics and that it talks about, and this was remember this was written a long, long time ago before yeah. science was provable, before we had methods in place for scientific study. Talked about how the fact that nothing is ever still, that our molecules were always moving, yeah. that there's that matter is not even though we can't see it, it's moving, it's moving, and yeah. that's one of the things that they talk about in hermetics and i was going somewhere with this and i have no idea where but <laughs> we're going to do an episode just yeah. about hermetics yeah i think i think it would be really powerful it's really powerful knowledge to work into your witchcraft practice if you aren't already or yeah. to be aware of where that came from because yeah. some of you are probably already using it and i was using it for years before i knew i was using it yeah i believe that this knowledge is accessible to everyone and we have kind of a, a a map with the Key of Solomon and the Hermetics and a couple of other things. Well, a lot of other things that are out there that we have started to make mainstream. And the sad thing about that is, or the scary thing for me, is 
the universe doesn't have morality. It just has energy. We humans are the ones that make decisions on morality and what's right and wrong. When we know that other people who don't have our same values have access to this, it's just a little bit scary because I honestly believe in letting beings be sovereign. That is what we're here to do to walk that path. But oh my goodness, it is really challenging sometimes when other people make it hard for some of us to actually just live and exist in the world. And we will talk more about that when we talk about the seven hermetic principles. There are a lot of churches out there, good and not so good, that use it as well. You know, like, um, sci- is it science of mind? There's, it's, there, there's one of them. I got so scared for a moment that you were going to say Scientology no. and I was going to have to leave. No, but my new favorite song <laughs> happens to be Girls 5 Ever, um, I'm Afraid, Don song. Because <laughs> one of the lyrics is, I'm afraid that I would thrive under Scientology. <laughs> I love Girls 5 I love them so much. Yeah. Okay. I I think those are all my rabbit holes that I wanted to go down. Well, I feel like I've learned some stuff. Uh, I can't wait to read the Hermetics and take a look at that disgusting book you have. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. And also borrow your Practical Magic prequel prequel so I can maybe read it. Yeah. In the next week or so. And just FYI, this episode, I hope, did what you expected it to do, which is what we planned for it to do, which was drop a lot of seeds. Yeah. And a a lot of um, little packages that you can explore. Yeah. Should we send up some sparks? (laughs) Let's send up some sparks. We recently did an episode on besoms and brooms. And brooms! And I don't know if my phone listened to me. It probably did. Because up in my feed (laughs) on Instagram came up Hearthcraft Brooms. And oh my goodness, her stuff is amazing. She had restocked on 7.30 on July 30th. And by the time I found her, which was less than a week later... Almost all of the stuff was gone. She's going to be doing some fairs uh, and stuff like that down in Oregon. She's an Oregon-based human being. And her brooms are amazing. But here's what's really, really special. She has workshops. I was too late to order the one that I wanted to do. And there's one that I'm going to plan on doing next year. It's like $350 for a full-blown broom. And she does it. I, I, I'm going to reach out to her and find out if she's doing it next summer as well because I just can't These do it These are beautiful. Summer. Aren't they gorgeous? And her reels are beautiful and just watching her work is amazing she had a couple for sale in her shop that her husband is just learning how to do it and they were discounted because even though they're really good brooms they were new so there might be some flaws in them they're absolutely gorgeous and she's just seems like a delightful human being i've watched a couple of her her reels and her q a's and so i just went down that rabbit hole and that's on instagram and it's hearth craft brooms and i will absolutely put the link in so you can follow and look at those besoms and that's my spark how about you um my spark is not at all magic related (laughs) that is okay Uh, if you are a fan of 
uh, video video game streams, but also like them to be kind of low stakes and funny. Uh, you will very much love my friend Andy and his friend Shane's stream. They are on Twitch at Shandytown, and I will make sure to tag that. Uh, he's been doing a playthrough of Zelda Skyward Sword this last week, and it has gotten me through. <laughs> Is this Andy? Andy B- Davison. Oh, yeah. I love him. Yeah, he's lovely. He actually directed and he music directed a uh, pr- uh, production of Last Five Years where Detta played Kathy. And it was wonderful, and her he voice is very good. And he can—he has more talent in his hands, I swear to God, oh my God than I have does. my entire body. He's very, very talented and so good. good. He's been um, in shows in like the Fifth Avenue and yeah, he's Village <sighs> Theater. So good. He's so good. Anyway, and by the way, Kathy should only be played by an older, bitter woman, in my opinion. They actually <laughs> referenced last five years today in their stream, and <gasps> I, <laughs> as a joke, and oh. uh, Shane, who is also a theater. Uh, guy, he's an actor, a mus- musical actor, and he uh, started singing that part where he's like, "And there's a party that they are throwing," and I was like, "I without even thinking, my thumb is just typed out. How dare!" But they were so mad that they spelled it Hodar, and I was just so I was like, "I hate him so much." Um, the last oh. five years makes me angrier the older I get. Anyway. <laughs> the music's beautiful. The music's extraordinary. It is. Which is part of why it's so frustrating. Um, but their stream is so fun. And um, I really think that if you like, just want a good giggle, very relaxed, just to have people who feel like friends in the background, hmm. please check out Shandytown. It's very fun. And Shandytown. Yeah, it's okay. also inspired cool. me to uh, start a stream of a game I really enjoy. So that's coming up. If any of you are interested in that, it's not magic related at all, but it'll be a fun thing. How fun. Yeah. I want to say one last thing. Yeah. If you've made it this far, people who are listening, uh, welcome new listeners. <laughs> we had uh, the episode that released the last week of July. We usually have about 300, 350 listeners per episode, and we keep growing. By the way, thank you. Yeah. We really love that you're here. We love that you're here so much. So that last one, like, shot up within two days to our 300 mark and is still growing. So thank you, new listeners. Welcome. We hope that we don't disappoint. And we'd love to hear from you if you have questions or if you have input about what you'd like to hear on the podcast. And And buckle up because our Patreon's coming. Yeah. And we're just happy that you're here. Yeah. So thank you for The bonfire is getting bigger. Yeah. Welcome. There are more seats around the bonfire. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So welcome. (laughs) And that was all. That's all. That's a that's a big thing, I think. Yeah. That's an exciting thing. Yeah. Um, your guys' support has been phenomenal and yeah. like so kind. So I also just want to say we love talking to you. Yes, yeah, so much. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know we mentioned a couple people who have reached out to us with questions and yeah. I gotta say, when that happens, I we get very excited. And when we don't know, we say we don't know. Yeah. And and you've introduced us to something new. So like there's this new author that yes, was just that now introduced we're looking to us. into. I'm very excited to that wrote when I was a tween, like she was writing in nineteen seventies. So <laughs> little yeah. baby Detta. I know. Uh well, uh I think that we've pretty much talked yeah. ourselves out. The fire's burning down. Let's yep. uh probably head out, I think. Yeah, let's throw some water on it. Yeah. Until next time. Be well. Harm none. And don't forget. You are magic. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And we'd like to ask you to rate, 
and review us on Apple Podcast. And to press the little plus sign on Spotify to add us to your episodes. You can also find us on iHeartRadio and just about anywhere where you listen to podcasts. But if you want to reach out and talk to us, you can email us at bonfirebabblepodcast at gmail.com. That's where you can sign up for the newsletter or just ask us questions and hang out. You can catch us on Twitter at bonfirebabble or on Facebook at bonfirebabblepodcast or on Instagram at bonfirebabblepodcast, which is where we spend most of our time. Yes. We are also... Hooray! On TikTok now at Bonfire Babble Podcast. Thank you, Corey. Woohoo! Uh, it's a little baby page right now, but we are recording things and putting them up. And our website will also start to have a lot more information, and that is bonfirebabble.com. You can also reach out to us in a more tangible way. We have a P.O. Box now, which is P.O. Box 16341. Seattle, Washington, 98116. We would like to acknowledge that we are on the traditional land of the first people of Seattle. The Duwamish people, past and present, and honor with gratitude the land itself and the Duwamish tribe. For more information, reach out to realrent.org.